0: And I'd like to go back actually and talk about why we why I'm on your podcast to begin with because I think that might be a better place to start. That'd be great. Uh,
1: That'd be so, fantastic.
0: So about a year ago, we uh, we were all together at a vet partners meeting. Um, it was a mid year meeting in Portland, Oregon. And actually, that's where you and I met Phil I I remember we were sitting at a round table together early that morning and we we did an icebreaker together. And, and then I I don't I think it was either the first or second day I'm not really sure but it was at the end of the meeting. The two of you um, got up and gave a presentation um, that was unique for our 20 plus year associations types of presentations Um, and I was a little taken back by it because it was about topics that in my opinion, you know, I've always felt like over the you know course of my career um, that there's been an unwritten rule that we all play by. And that is that we don't talk about politics or religion in the workplace. Okay. Because it's, there's a controversial topics and, you know, it might even be a career killer if you share your views on, on the things that, you know, anything related to a political topic or even religious topic, people tend to get uncomfortable and you might ostracize yourself from those individuals. You might, you know, there might even be opportunity to lose business or, you know, create conflict and those kinds of things. But yet here you guys were up there talking about politics and, you know, sharing your, your political views as liberal Democrats and and talking about racism and and more importantly talking about what happened with george floyd and and discussing police brutality so i was i was very shocked by it. welcome to peter and phil's courageous conversations a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same now let's begin our conversation with your hosts Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson.
2: Dr. Nelson. Dr. Weinstein. It's you and I again, but we have a guest. Tracy Dowdy. I'm looking forward to it. I'm
1: looking forward to, to this conversation.
2: Just want to thank all of our listeners for uh, tuning in. Want to thank our producer, Nicole, for keeping us honest, or at least making us sound good. And uh, also thank you to Nationwide, who has committed to supporting our courageous and crazy conversations. So, let me take a moment to welcome a longtime friend. I mean, Tracy, you and I probably go back 20, 25 years of having known each other in the veterinary field and just thank you for taking time away from your life to join our life and, and have a voice in our courageous conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Peter. I definitely see you as a friend and love you like a brother. We've we've been through a lot of really fun projects together and i uh, done life together in our careers over the last 20, 25 years, so it's a pleasure to be uh, on on your podcast. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: So, Tracy, unlike Peter, we, we just met about a year and a half ago, formally, at a Vet Partners meeting, and so I'd like to, first of all, welcome you. I'd like for you to let us know how you got involved in the veterinary profession. Give us a little bit about your background. Tell us what what you believe is salient for us to understand you and how you ended up in the position that you ended up in and 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 how you ran into Peter I really want to know that because anybody who runs into Peter I mean literally runs into Peter uh, and sticks with him there's a story behind it so please share
0: Well, um, it's it's it was great meeting you a year ago, Phil. And again, I look forward to chatting more about many things with you and Peter today. But I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas uh, in a lower class, lower middle class family, I would say. Um, neither of my parents went to college. And my mother didn't even graduate from high school. She was raised by a single mom. And actually, my grandmother's best friend was a Black woman. And she and my mother, my grandmother, Raised my mom and her other three siblings together. And my mother called this, this woman, Mama Katie. And I actually met Mama Katie and her children and they spent every important family gathering and holiday together. And, uh, they were, they were part of our, our lives until Mama Katie died in my, in my early twenties. But my parents, they got married when they were really young and they had my brother and I in their early twenties. We grew up going to church, Lutheran church, but when I was about 11 years old, my parents got divorced and like about a year later, my brother and my father died. It was a very you know tragic event in my life, but um, I'm grateful that my mother remarried a man who was there for me and my mom. In a sense, he they, he kind of rescued us from this terrible tragedy and he later adopted me and he became not only my second dad, but also my mentor and he's a veterinarian. Okay. So that is actually how I ended up in the veterinary profession. I worked for him in high school as a, you know, a kennel assistant. I did just whatever needed to be done in the veterinary practice when I was in high school. And then I went to Texas A&M, studied speech communication and and business management. And after college, I went into the personnel industry and I worked uh, in personnel for several years. And and then one day over Sunday brunch, I was with my parents and my dad was complaining about his veterinary practice and the struggles he was having with his practice. And I was struggling with having a career and, and trying to be a mom at the same time. I also got married young and had my daughter when I was like 24. Um, and so he, I don't know, one thing led to another and I came on board as his veterinary practice manager And within three years of leading and managing his practice, we quadrupled his business and we built an award-winning practice facility, got published in veterinary economics, which is now DVM 360. And we won an award for the best hospital design. We also won a practice of excellence award, merit award that was uh, sponsored by Pfizer animal health. And that began... uh... new journey for me i started consulting veterinary practices in 1998 and it started off just in the local area of dallas fort worth and uh, within three years i was uh, consulting and speaking nationally and i've just really had just a wonderful fortune of meeting some amazing people in this industry coming alongside veterinary practice practice owners and their teams and associate veterinarians and just guiding them on ways to improve the way they run their business and it's been a it's been a wonderful career and i'm very grateful for it
1: your stepfather sounds like a great man would you like to give give us his name
0: yes dr tom bradford he's, ah. a, he's a 1975 graduate of texas a&m university and he was one of the oldest students in his class because he went to a&m uh, as a freshman and uh, the vietnam war broke out and he left a and and volunteered and was in the United States Marine Corps. And he was a, a sniper in the Vietnam War. And after the war, he came back and married with children and went to, went to Texas A&M in veterinary school. He wasn't your typical student in veterinary school, married with kids.
1: Our classes during that time, particularly during and, and post-Vietnam War era, was filled with veterans and older students. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, the average age for students at that time was about 26 to 28, rather than 24, which is, which it is now one of my best friends, one of my classmates, Chester Gibson, who went to USDA and is, uh, and is well-known in the profession for, for his work in lab animal veterinary medicine was a Vietnam vet and the life lessons I learned from him. I remember being a third-year student and the third-year class was always responsible for the homecoming float for the vet school. I was the class leader at the time and uh, I was very upset that we weren't getting 100%, we weren't even getting 50% participation from the class in, in creating the float. And I must've been pretty agitated about it expressing my views uh to him and he was sitting down on on, on the side of us on on a sidewalk listening to me and finally i just said i don't understand why you you're not upset chester and his response was phil when you survived a firefight then you understand what what's really important
0: exactly yeah life experience is definitely cause you to put things in the right perspective.
1: Correct, correct. So I understand. So I, I like to say that life perspective has a lot to do with your approach to life. Life experiences has a lot to do with how you approach issues of life. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your background.
2: Tracy, Um, I knew about Tom, but I really didn't know about your life before, Tom. It really had never been part of our conversation. So I I appreciate you sharing the um, challenges that you had uh, prior to entering the field because uh, they probably gave you a great deal of strength in working in the veterinary field as well because let's just say there's no shortage of challenges in the veterinary field. (laughs) I'm going to suggest that you and I probably first met when vet partners at that point in time, AVPMCA, was in its infancy, maybe at conception. That was probably when consultants were being brought together to kind of look to collaborate and communicate. I don't recall if we met any time prior to that, but it would probably go back to 1999, 2000 or thereabouts when Vet Partners or AVPMA, the Association of Veterinary Practice Management Consultants and Advisors, was um just a group of people looking to find a collaborative platform. Does that is that about right for you?
0: Absolutely. I was there at that initial meeting in San Antonio, Texas where Luke Gatto and others had sent out an invitation to every consultant and advisor that they knew and there were about 250 people that showed up and there was a you know a discussion of you know let's come together and collaborate and you know it was it was collaboration uh, I, I believe it in regard to practice management topics, but, but more importantly, there was an even bigger issue that wanted, they, they wanted to address, which was the valuation of veterinary hospitals. And they really wanted to create some standards uh, in regard to how veterinary practices were evaluated, which wasn't really in my wheelhouse of expertise, but I learned a lot about valuation as a result of being a part of the, the association. But yeah, it's, it's it's been a great, I think it was, it's been a great journey and I'm, I'm very, I feel very honored and blessed to have the opportunity to have been a part of it from the, from its inception. And, and that is where you and I met.
2: Yeah. So there's uh, we've had our, uh, we've had a long and long road that we've hoed in, in trying to set the direction from a practice management standpoint for the profession. And, um, 've all we've all had our own kind of different levels of success and, and impact but I do think that we've both influenced many veterinarians many practice managers and many practices to uh, be more successful and that is whatever their definition of success may be so
0: yep I agree 100 percent
2: so Tracy uh you've had uh,
1: you know that uh, we've been doing this podcast for a about three years, a little over three years, and we've got we've got quite a bit of content. Uh, have you listened to any of them? And if so, which of them piqued your interest? Any of them that you'd like to res- share your opinions about that were particularly of interest to you?
0: Uh, I listened to about a half a dozen of your podcast, and I think that what what piqued my interest, or what what I would like to respond in regard to that, is. And and I'd like to go back actually and talk about why we why I'm on your podcast to begin with, because I think that might be a better place to start. That'd be great. Uh, That'd be fantastic. So, so about a year ago, we uh, we were all together at a vet partners meeting. Um it was a mid-year meeting in Portland, Oregon. And actually that's where you and I met Phil. I, I remember we were sitting at a round table together early that morning and we, we did an icebreaker together. And, and then I, I don't, I think it was either the first or second day. I'm not really sure, but it was at the end of the meeting, the two of you, um, got up and gave a presentation, um, that was unique for our 20 plus year associations types of presentations. and um, and I was a little, taken back by it because it was about topics that in my opinion you know I've always felt like over the you know course of my career um, that there's been an unwritten rule that we all play by and that is that we don't talk about politics or religion in the workplace okay because it's there's so controversial topics and you know it might even be a career killer if you share your views on on the things that you know anything related to a political topic or even religious topic, people tend to get uncomfortable and you might ostracize yourself from those individuals. You might, you know, there might even be opportunity to lose business or, you know, create conflict and those kinds of things. But yet here you guys were up there talking about politics and, you know, sharing your your political views as liberal Democrats and, and talking about racism and, and more importantly, talking about what happened with George Floyd and, and discussing police brutality. So I was, I was very shocked by it, honestly. And and so were a number of my conservative colleagues that were in the room as well. And, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end there was, it was almost like crickets, you know, like nobody said a word you know, it's like, let's open up for Q and a, and nobody was like, oh my gosh, how do we, how do we respond to this? And there was a little bit of Q and a, I think that took place, but so I just decided that that I would reach out to to you, Peter, and you know I shared some videos with you, specific uh, specifically to the George Floyd issue, and just said, you know, why are we talking about this in the veterinary profession? There's so many other problems and challenges that we have in the veterinary profession. Why are we talking about you know these issues? And and I also think that as it relates to courageous conversations, I think. What I did find unique and different about your podcast that I did listen to is that I I really believe that courageous conversations need to involve different opinions. Um, How many people have you had on your podcast, like myself, who are conservative, Christian, Republican, unvaccinated people?
1: Oh, about five or six
0: okay, good. I just didn't happen to hear or listen to those podcasts. And so I'm glad to hear that. I think that's, I think that's good because I think it's important that we, we are able to, I think iron sharpens iron and it's, it's good for us to have these kinds of conversations where we're not in a vacuum and we're, you know, giving opinions that are like-minded throughout a, you know, podcast. It's important, I think, to hear everyone's opinions. Otherwise you're alienating. Fifty percent of the population in our, you know, in our country, in our industry, um, and and I know that we 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 have such divisiveness right now, more divisiveness than we've ever had, I think, in our nation. And so, I I just feel like we've got to we've got to come together and and agree on some things and unite as one. And so, how do we you know how do we do that?
1: So. I I definitely appreciate your reflection on the on the presentation that we met, that we made when we first met and the uh, discussion. I I must be uh, perfectly honest and say that my memory was a little different of the response that we that Peter and I received. I didn't necessarily think the uh, Q&A session was crickets. We actually had some challenging questions that came out we also had quite a few people who chose to proselytize about their own lives as a result of that presentation which was not our intent but there were some people who felt suddenly who felt comfortable to discuss their experiences our discussion as you said it was it, it was primarily about police brutality but we did mention george floyd as the trigger into that topic but your characterization that there was this unwritten rule that we shouldn't be talking about these type of issues be it religion or politics was my that's that was my experience as well Uh, as a matter of fact i was breaking that rule on purpose because during my early career i was literally told we don't talk about that in a professional setting And you asked the question that they tended to infer, what does that have to do with veterinary medicine? And yet we employ people from different environments and different cultures all the time with different ideas, including differences in religion and differences in race. And it's impossible to talk about building an effective team without talking about respect for those differences and you can't discuss respect for those differences without talking about the differences so this unwritten rule that we went by for so long in my opinion limited our ability to achieve exactly what your profession does and that is tried to improve the business aspect of our practices through the healthcare team. I happen to believe that this was an important aspect, be it religion or politics. I truly didn't think I was discussing politics as much as I wanted to share my life's experiences and share the impact it had on my views, not that my views were correct or right. And honestly, the the five or six people that Actually, everybody we bring to the table or we bring to the podcast has different views from Peter and I. However, those views are not necessarily, we're not necessarily characterized as conservative versus liberal. I love the way that you characterize Peter and I as liberal Democrats. When you,
0: when, when, when <laughs> well, you, you said it during the, you said no, that. I, no, well, I, know, I, I know Peter did. Peter okay, said Peter it. may
1: have, because I'm an independent.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Uh, And so maybe, I I didn't remember Peter saying that, and so now I understand where you got that from. But when you listen to our podcast, you will see that even within what one might consider the same ilk or the same color of politics, we have differences. And I think the labels of liberal and conservatism are, are overused. That's partly why I'm an independent, because people expect certain things from conservatives certain views from conservatives and expect certain views from liberals and i tend to have views that span that spectrum so the fact that you agree that we should try to get together not necessarily to agree but to exchange our views yes You know, uh, I, you know, I don't think, you know, the, um, I don't think any conversation ends well when the expectation is we must come to an agreement.
0: Yeah, of course, Uh,
1: you know, you know, from the beginning, I do, I do think that many conversations end well, when we agree that we must come to a consensus
0: Mm, good,
1: and that consensus is usually a blend of our views. And we may all, and we may both walk away, maleated, palliated, but not necessarily happy and not necessarily saddened with the end result, understanding that we approached it from two opposite poles of, of beliefs.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, I think the first thing to understand from my viewpoint, and this just, I believe there's only one race, the human race, Caucasians, Africans, Asians, Indians, Arabs, Jews, we're not different races, we're rather different ethnicities of the human race. And I believe that all human beings have the same physical characteristics with like minor variations, of course, but most importantly, all human beings are created in the image and the likeness of God. It says that in Genesis 1, 26 through 27. And I think that God loves all humankind. He sent Jesus to lay his life down for all humans and the world obviously includes all ethnic groups and god doesn't show partiality or favoritism and neither should we
1: for those of you who have listened to most of our podcasts you have just heard a different person say the same refrain that we have used a lot and that is this is not this is about humanism this is not about racism it is about humanism as and that Racism is nothing but a form of hatred. Exactly,
0: uh, and I think that victims of racism, prejudice, discrimination need to forgive. The Bible talks on this. If you know Ephesians four thirty two says, "Be kind and compassionate one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you." And so, when we focus on this topic of racism, I think that paralyzes people. Like, for example, you know, critical race theory that's being taught in schools today. I've seen so many Black parents stand up at school board meetings and say, no, enough of this. I don't want my child to feel like, to be taught that because of their skin color, they're less than somebody else because of their skin color and that they need to be treated differently. Every person needs to be treated equally, regardless of their skin color. And so I just believe there's something much deeper going on in our world today. And we have to get to the root cause of what's going on. And I, I believe it's a very evil agenda. I don't know what your views are on God. And if you you know believe in God, if you don't believe in God, I I do believe in God. Um, it's something that, that um, I have kept under wraps for most of my career. I think if I've gotten into conversations with people periodically throughout my my time in the industry, people would know that I am you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. I believe the Bible is true. Um, but those are conversations that I typically don't have on stage when I'm speaking and consulting and coaching and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, our country was founded on God. I mean, the declaration of independence says we hold to these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so, but I just, I think that there's something so much more evil and sinister going on in our world today. We see it happening, like what's going on in Israel right now. And we have people on one side who are protesting for Hamas and the Palestinians. And, you know, I stand with Israel because they are God's chosen people. And, and, and it's very clear that that, you know, that's the reason why America stands with Israel is because they're God's chosen people. And the the Bible is very clear on this, that, you know, he who blesses Israel, my people, we will be blessed. If we don't defend Israel, we, you know, we have to face the consequences of that from a, from a spiritual standpoint.
2: So I, I would love to dive into Israel. We'll do that in just a minute. I just want to go back to a couple of premises and, and, and kind of bring this segment together, which is, and it ties into what you've been saying. When Phil and I started these conversations, the premise was two neighbors who really didn't know each other all that much meeting across a hedgerow and talking about what's going on in the world, whatever that those issues may be. It just happened that Phil and I were relatively close to central when we started having these conversations, but we were eager to promote the concept of conversation and to allow both parties, no matter where their backgrounds were, to share their perspectives. And so the VET Partners meeting was, it may have perceived to be a focus on Black Lives Matter or police brutality, But I think the messaging that what I was hoping to get across is that we need globally and that partners is a good place to start to have conversations where people get to share their perspectives. And it was it had a political uh, component to it. It had. A racial component to it. I don't think we got too far into religion when it came down to it at Fed Partners. But the premise was we all have different perspectives, and those perspectives should be heard. And our willingness to share and and, um, encourage those perspectives has been the premise behind our conversation. So as we go deeper into our conversations today, I would say that Israel is going to definitely be a part of it. <laughs> um from, from that standpoint, because obviously I come from a Jewish background, but I really just want to to bring this segment of our conversation together around where this came from and probably where why vet partners had us there, which is yeah. really to start a conversation that was going on in the veterinary profession with respect to race and differences. And, and I really think that's, we weren't there from a political standpoint, we were there from a conversational standpoint. Does that make sense? And oh. and, I, and, and I'm going to echo that. Um,
1: I'm not sure I know what politics are. Uh, uh, and I actually think that we were bringing a social issue to the fore, rather than a political position, one way or the other. I don't think br- police brutality is a political issue as much as it is a social issue i do believe that politics has contributes to it i think there that there are political uh wins that affect it but the problems that we have to discuss uh i i think part of the shutdown part of the alienation occurs when we see it as politics rather than interhuman relationships and treatment and and don't get me wrong I'm not naive. I realize that politics is, it, it all politics are local and politics is in everything but I was listening to the discussion in the house the other day and I made the comment to Peter in our last podcast that I am disenchanted and concerned about the fact that we have made our uh, alternate party of a two party system, our enemy, rather than someone we disagree with. And it is that type of emotional approach that keeps us from having these discussions. So I understand that our producer wants us to bring this segment to a close. That doesn't mean that we can't continue this discussion, however and i want and i want to say how much i appreciate the fact that you brought up uh, your issues and one thing that we don't talk about a lot or haven't talked about a lot is religion and the basis of religion which is supposedly the basis for the uh, for the differences in the Gaza Israel crisis that we're coming through coming to now and right I actually want to push push on that a little bit as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to the to the rest of our conversation.
2: All right. Well, I want to thank our uh, our listeners for being with us today. Thank you Phil, thank you Tracy. We're going to continue our conversation. I want to thank Nationwide for their support. And uh, we will be continuing with part 2 of our conversation.
0: Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.